Hi, Colin Campbell here, and welcome to the Formula Publisher Podcast. Hey, Colin Campbell here. I hope you're having a tremendous day. I have had some distance and had some reflection from going to Copy Chief Live 3, the third event, and I've been reviewing my notes, just some amazing speakers, amazing information that is already making an impact on my life. And in case you don't know what Copy Chief is, um, Kevin Rogers, who's a former and current stand-up comedian, uh, became a copywriter, started working with clients, became very uh, proficient and useful for some people in ClickBank. I think he had some of the top winning promotions in ClickBank uh, of their sales letters that, not their sales letters, of sales letters that were featured in ClickBank. And Kevin was responsible for, for those. And then his interactions with a guy named James Shramko uh, caused him to redefine his business and move from the straight client work to more of a community. And he started this thing called Copy Chief. And Copy Chief is a, an online community where copywriters go to learn how to write sales copy and marketers go to learn how to market their business and business owners go to learn how to market and or hire copywriters. And I was uh, in tr Toronto probably four years ago and I just got off this big biking trip and I was all tired and uh, I opened up, opened up my computer and there was Kevin in his voice. His, it was a bad impersonation, but he, uh, he says, I, I want to in invite you to copy chief and uh, it was the first promotion for it. And I joined immediately and I've been there. And he is one of the most balanced people I've ever met. He's got a wife and two children. And he, at the live seminar or the a live event, is very collaborative and shoulder to shoulder with everyone, even though he's bringing on some people who in their own ecosystem are the, the main honcho you know he's got so little ego and he can collaborate with people and it reminded me of um, one of my favorite musicians josh homme from queens of the stone age he does this thing called the desert sessions and he brings in like billy gibbons from zz top and les claypool and uh, jake shears from the scissor sisters He's worked with, you know, Dave Grohl and uh, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Like, who does that? John Bonham was actually the drummer. He's dead. It was actually John Paul Jones, right? This guy is just so prolific in producing music, but also has this collaborative capability because of his Iggy Pop. Like, he made an album with Iggy Pop called Post Pop Depression. And everything this guy touches on a musical note is just gold, pure gold. And I feel the same way about Kevin in regard to, you know, copywriting because he's such a, a collaborative guy and his ego is not his amigo and he casts his ego aside and just creates this wonderful event for, for people. So some of the speakers who were at the event, there's this guy named Todd Harmon and he had a speaking engagement in regard to utilizing alter egos in, in your life as a way to become more productive. And the quick and dirty examples, um, Bo Jackson, who I don't know who this guy is because I don't follow sports, but Bo Jackson apparently was a football star 
as well as a baseball star and something to do with that combination of the two sports. No one in history has achieved the, the what he achieved. And you see this dude, this picture of this guy. His arms are bigger than my legs. This guy is jacked and intimidating looking. And apparently he got into a lot of trouble when uh, he started in football because he would become uh, unruly and emotionally aggressive. And the big shift happened with him when uh, he saw Friday the 13th or thought of Jason from Friday the 13th and this archetype, this alter ego, he took on this persona and that was really what uh, made him more productive. And the quote was, um, when I get on the field, I, I th- and I'm paraphrasing, right? It's something along the lines of, I destroy anything in my path, comma, with no emotion. And it's the quote unquote, no emotion part that uh, was able, made Bo Jackson more productive. And this is the concept that Todd Harmon was talking about, that you take on these alter egos in regard to any category of your life, and it can make you more productive. If I'm, you know, going to play guitar, who are the people in the archetypes that I admire that I can take on that identity while I'm playing guitar. Uh, in this professional context of producing a uh, podcast, it's like I think of Dean Jackson. Can I be as clear of a thinker as Dean Jackson is? Or uh, even his name, can I say Dean Jackson's name like he talks? Uh, or Kevin. Kevin's a really clear thinker as well. And he's got this awesome blend between creativity and commerce you know he's an artistic creative guy yet he's directing his uh production toward something in in business which is really admirable and so i can take on that persona right and that alter ego the kevin rogers alter ego uh, for colin campbell to become more productive and this other fellow uh former CEO and founder, he fa- definitely f- founder of Wild Thing Seafood, uh, Jeff Moore, in terms of like family construct and uh, connecting at a deep level long-term with family, he's the archetype for family structure. I didn't really have that example in, in my own family because uh, it's not like that. It's kind of disintegrated, right? And um, I don't, I've never had that family structure so if you want to become more productive then you take on those alter egos maybe i'll i'll reach out if if you are listening to this and you know todd Todd Harmon, i'm going to reach out to him because i had a conversation with him i hope hope that he'd be willing to do a podcast and that would be really sweet um so that was one of the speaking engagements another one was laura belgray who has the site called talkingshrimp.com and strange name but uh memorable and so was her speaking engagement i learned that uh i want you to say this for yourself that you can make money being you you can go out and identify a passion of yours and actually bring it in a commercial sense and in order to do that you need to own who you are and not apologize for your uniqueness for the skills and abilities that you have, but also the things that you're you're bad at, right? The things that we aren't good at are actually a unique characteristic 
of us. And we don't need to be ashamed of what we're not good at. And I think that's the big thing I got from Laura Belgrade's speech is that I don't have to be ashamed, right, of my own uh, distracted nature or kind of squirrel, you know, uh, nature that this is actually one of the things that I was shamed one time. There was this guy, Ron Broussard, and I was having a, a conversation with him and uh, he shamed me in the conversation for being like too disorganized or, or creative, right? And it really hurt my feelings. And then I went and I listened to uh, Laura Belgray and she's talking about, you know, being unapologetically yourself and to communicate with your audience as yourself and be who you are. And who you are is the thing that people connect with. And that in itself is such an important distinction in marketing. So there's no shame in being a distracted, creative type that can bounce around ideas. In regard to a person who's very regimented and taking things from the past and repeating them and wants systems and procedures, that skill of creativity is actually extremely useful because they're often stuck in this paradigm from the past where whatever I do in creativity is very much in the moment and future focused. And there's something other people can utilize in that. There's a value proposition. And this leads me to, I'm, I'm going to get to this distinction that uh, Laura brought, but I just posted this on Facebook. Um, Talented people rarely see how valuable their skills are. And whether that's system orientation and doing process-oriented tasks, working with your hands, or um, being hyper-creative, this is like the ultimate cosmic joke that what we take for granted, what we take for granted, we don't value. So what we're born with, the easiest thing to take for granted are the natural abilities we were born with. And as a result of that blind spot, that because we take our own skills and ability for granted, we pursue skills or admire the skills in others that aren't in our lane of naturalness. And often we gravitate toward developing those skills that aren't in our lane. And there's this culture of like a sick pride for making life harder than it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? Like I work so hard. I work so many hours and this is like a pride thing. Like that's actually a, a good way to be a functional human. But this is actually completely dysfunctional. It ruins the satisfaction that we could have attained in life if we just accepted what we're really great at and put some sort of exchange value on that thing and exchanging it with other people. So I say in, in this post, Godspeed to the monkeys in tree climbing competitions to the fish in swimming races and the humans who have accepted their innate niches of superiority. And bringing that back to Laura Belgray, the um, thing that I got from her is, quote, and you can say this, this is the thing that you can say to yourself. I'm going to repeat what she told to me and I, I hope that this helps you. Um, I am, and this is what you want to say, I am, and then in brackets, parentheses, your, your first name, 
and then comma fucking comma last name comma bitch <laughs> dude so for me it's like i'm colin fucking campbell bitch <laughs> oh feels so good man so um that gave me permission to just be okay with myself at at a, at a deeper level that we are what we are and there's no point in resisting that and any time that we're facing or confronting a challenge in life as the result of whatever some lesson that we need to learn that we don't need to resist that stuff we can take it on as a challenge and we can move past it and and utilize everything for our own journey and and to not resist or be attracted to or compulsive around any one thing um Maybe I'm going way too deep into that. And in saying this, there's there's so much level of depth to like accepting who you are. I think that too many people suffer because they won't accept who they really are, right? Or what they really want in their life. And they make compromises based on external stimulation, whether it's their parents or their community. And they say yes to doing certain tasks or uh, living their life in a certain way that's very externally motivated. They, they have no sense of who they are or what they actually want. And it's so relieving going to a place like a seminar, like Coffee Chief, and seeing all of these other weirdos, these other introverted people who are sometimes nervous and hyper-creative yet are making it in the world and doing something that's important to them. Um, that... Those were two of the most significant speeches. James Shramko, he, I, I went for lunch and I was eating lunch with my friend Dean Edelson and a woman named Annika, and I'm not thinking of her last name. I can probably find it though, right here on my, my business cards that I collected from the event. So I was having lunch, Moxie, Moxie Copywriting. We tell stories that sell. Thumb-stopping copy in as little as 24 hours. Wow, that's awesome. Annika, Annika Watkins. She's another person that I'd love to have on the Formula Publisher podcast. Annika Watkins is who I was sitting with. And I, we were talking about novels, and she's written a novel, and I started writing this horror novel and I went to go, I left the table and I went to go grab my computer from the main room and it was halfway through lunch at this point and I go in and no one's in the room, but I look over and there's James, this like Mr. Player, right? Uh, the, the expert, the guru, the person that, you know, is about to be speaking on stage. And I bailed on Annika and Dean <laughs> and I walked up to, uh, James and I was like, "Hey, dude, uh, I wanted to introduce myself," and he and I started talking, and he started asking me about my business or what my intentions are with writing and ghostwriting, and I, I told him, and uh, I want to do this this challenge that I, I'm thinking of doing, and he goes, "Why?" and I'm like, "Uh." because that's like the first point of ascension in my ascension model. And he's like, why is ascension important? I'm like, uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. And 
he really opened my my eyes to a, a limiting belief that I was holding on to about how to conduct business and a limiting belief I was holding on to about who I can work with and at white and at what uh, exchange level. So meaning how much can you charge for what you do? And then he got up and did this speech. You know, Dean walked into the room. He's like, oh, you left us to hang out with James. I was like, sorry, man, I, I couldn't help myself. And, uh, and then Dean and I and James chatted and then James got up and did this speech. He was talking about automated systems and setting up your business in a way where you remove all blocks from people to be able to buy from you. <laughs> and it sounds so simple, right? But you never want to be a part of the sales prevention department. And the model of thought where you force people to get your free email subscription and then upsell to a uh, tripwire thing, you know, for $7. And then you're kind of pushing people through a funnel and having that as your only, only ideology as it relates to like online sales or selling coaching or information products. And instead thinking of it like they're walking into a circle and they can turn around and look at what level do they want to interact with. Like maybe it's a better thing that if someone instantly connects to you and they're qualified to go to a high level program on a personal one-on-one consultancy level that you don't force them to sign up for your, you know, do it yourself program that maybe you let people self-select where they want to interact and give them the opportunity to do that. Um, so that was a huge breakthrough in terms of how I build out a product going forward in publishing or a service or a retreat, for instance. And that was a, a huge transformation. The other thing that James talked about that's in alignment with that is automation and delegation. Going back to that talent, you know, talented people rarely see how valuable their skills are. James' speech really summarized for me the idea that whatever my hands are touching, the question is, is that the most valuable thing that I could be doing? And what I mean by my hands is like, what do I actually do? And of the things that I actually do, what are the things that are the most valuable? If creativity and linguistics and framing language is the most valuable thing I can do for people and helping them understand their own unique capabilities in the world and emphasizing that in their marketing. If that's kind of as I'm thinking about it and feeling into it, my most useful skill, then everything that isn't that is likely less valuable. So anything that I have to log into, Facebook, uh, anything that I have to press with my, my fingers or figure out, um, it's probably something that I need to be hiring someone else to do. 
And even the process on hiring and delegating, even that process is something that if you're not organized, right? And if you don't know how to delegate, hire someone that can help you delegate. <laughs> and as, and it goes back to that like sick pride thing, right? How much of pride do I take on being a masochist? Like how much masochism is prideful? <laughs> Does that make sense to you? That, um, How much pride do I take in doing things by myself? And the answer is right now and in, in, in the immediate past and over these last couple of years, a lot. I've taken a lot of pride and identified with um, selling a service where I'm the technician behind the service, which is the worst business model. Uh, Michael Gerber's e-myth talking about the same principle of automating uh, and delegating and creating systems, it's the technician element is something that I need to be hiring out. And as I do that, will create an enormous amount of freedom and insulation between things that steal my energy. Uh, another post here in relation to this, I'm just going to go to Copy Chief. I'm going to go to the old uh, Copy Chief Live 2019 on my computer and I'm going to open that up. And what opens is a page where I can scroll down and I gushed about how impactful the uh, group was, the time was. And yeah, this was the point that's related to James's. Not all money is made equally. And I realize how true that is when I'm selling me as technician versus the solution to a problem. When we're selling the solution to a problem, there's a higher perceived value within that. And there's a lot more leverage because then you can ask yourself, well, who knows how to do this? And can I hire them? in a way that is economically feasible. That's really what business is. You're providing a solution to a problem and that process of even finding how to create the solution for someone is a value to the right person. Um, specifically, how that shows up is I need to schedule certain highly productive days with a few people that can write and or edit format and post or respond to emails and that's going to free up my time and my energy for me to pursue more interactions with clients so to give a specific example i'm working with dr hilda maldonado on her marketing and what we do is a weekly call and we on Mondays I just got off the meeting a couple hours ago we strategize on Monday what are we going to do on this call and how can we offer valuable information to the group and then we strategize the Tuesday call and I then send out an email to her list seeding what we're going to talk about on the call 
and then we actually conduct the call. And then after the call is conducted, then we have a way to um, redistribute that, whether it's through the replay, but also edit and cut it and transcribe it and utilize that content in other places in written form. So me as the technician of that is a very unreliable process. I am rather, it's not unreliable for her because I do the work, but it's unreliable and unsustainable is a better word unsustainable for me because I'm not that person so in hiring someone I need to be able to hire someone who does what I would be doing if I could count on me to do it and that's a Dean Jacksonism. that's a Jacksonism uh, that you get help from people who or create a system that does what you would do if you could count on you to do it. And if you don't know how or rather who that is, then you can hire someone for that too. And creating those types of systems, so with the process I just shared with you about Hilda, hiring a person or a little team of people for one day, if I can get like a bite-sized chunk of that delegation capability, and I have the revenue to support it. There's an interaction from a client who's exchanging revenue for a service that I'm providing her, Hilda. And that revenue, a part of that can be allocated to this team of people who would do what I would do if I could count on me to do it. This produces a result, but it produces a result that I don't have to produce myself and therefore I could do that and multiply my client base by now I'm thinking like four other people now that I've got the procedures locked down of what needs to happen the next complexity is like okay so who can do this on Tuesday with me and then distribute it to the other professionals who will make it occur in reality. And that is a leveraged concept. Now I can multiply my client base because it's not me actually being the technician. And the actual technician, the person who does that work, is uniquely qualified for that type of work. They actually love it. They don't want to be in that role of creativity or they don't want to be networking and closing contracts with people and they don't want to deal with the sales or the marketing. They are um, good at what they do, but they would like to simplify their life and like to maintain their maintenance. They like to maintain processes as opposed to destroy processes. <laughs> the worst thing we can do, I heard that term too for the first time, is cannibalizing right? Entrepreneurs are so great at future focus and creating new solutions. But as soon as it turns to like maintenance mode, we uh, cannibalize our own businesses <laughs> and destroy f things that could have been working if we had the right people to, to do the job um, or to produce the result rather. So between that and then Abby Woodcock, was on stage another woman whose name is April, and I don't know her last name. They kind of brought that 
concept that James was talking about and on Freelancer Day, which was um, the third day of CopyChief, specifically directed toward freelancers, um, Abby and this woman, April, and this woman, Rachel, got up. Oh, man, I wish I knew their last name right now off the top of my head. But they made the delegation system and virtual assistant tips and processes and uh, gave more of the nuts and bolts of how do you actually do that. So the first thing that I implemented was uh, SOP, Standard Operating Procedures. I looked at what are the things that right now are stealing the most amount of energy from me and uh, require the least, like I could train someone to do this. And if I could just structure my time in a way that could give them the material within a certain time frame, like Tuesdays. Okay, so Tuesdays are like show time. If we're doing shoot Tuesdays as show time, then I can hire this person for a specific amount of time to produce one result for me that drains a bit of my energy. And I can pay them to do that. And boom, the amount of energy that I save is, isn't linear. Just like money isn't created equally, um, some money is connected to time doing something that's drudgery and some money is connected to a sale that you make once and boom, the deliverable is automated and y- all you had to do is uh, send an email. Like, oh my God, that type of money is like way, way more awesome because it's not connected to your time. And in the same sense, I'm creating a service for service-based businesses. So it's a service of my own, but I'm selling myself as the technician And this is a broken system because I'm the greatest bottleneck. So by creating the SOPs, by looking at the tasks that drain my energy the most, um, I don't get the, I don't get, I get multiple and exponential amounts of time and energy through that leverage that to create the before and after before I'm doing a task myself. I'm formulating the email and sending it myself. And the amount of units of energy that takes from me, let's say is 10. And then on the after, I can effectively have one unit of energy gone by delegating to someone else. But those nine units of energy that I keep which are allocated to something that I'm actually good at becomes more valuable in society. It becomes a leveraged activity. And that you can tell that I'm still on the initial forefront of the refined idea. It's different in application right now. It's still theoretical, but it, the transformation's there. And to bring this full circle, the Copy Chief Live event is and was one of the most impactful on my mindset. Getting around people that are doing creative work in commerce, doing it professionally, that had a great impact on how I perceive my potential in life. You know, our thoughts and what we believe is possible, dot, 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 is possible. 
if we have bigger thoughts and we get around bigger people and we invest in the coaching, it impacts our lives. If we go in with the intention of getting a benefit and not avoiding pain, I suppose it works either way. It doesn't really matter. You're always trying to avoid pain. Speaking of which, does writing a book suck? Is it painful for you? Go to formulapublisher.com, www.formulapublisher.com, and there's some goodies there that you can get for free. Right? Being able to secure more income for yourself is also the elimination of the fear of not having that income. So whatever motivates you, you got to get around the people and you got to blow up your own mind. You got to expand your own mindset. And of all the things that is shared from the Copy Chief event, that's the most fundamental thing is it expands my perspective of what's possible, expands my vision of the future. And I hope that's what this podcast does for you too. That's the the purpose is expanding your ability to be productive and self-activated. I'm going to end there. If you want some really beautiful music to listen to, I mentioned Josh Homme. He's got the Desert Sessions. They just released an album on October 25th. Let's see. Volume um, 11 and 12. The Something You Can't See, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seventh track on this album brought some tears to my eyes. It's like world-class music. I love this guy. Love you. Take care for now. Say it to yourself. I'm first name, fucking last name, bitch. And own that. Hope you're having a great day and take care for now. Thank you.